0: What's going on, Success Edge listeners? Tyler McCart coming at you. Yeah, I am back. Episode 92. 92. Man, we're approaching episode 100, and we're going to get there. I promise, guys. I promise. So, hey, guys, just really want to appreciate everyone that is tuning in for the first time uh, on the Success Edge. You know, the bottom line, I always want to start out with a reason why we do the Success Edge. And the reason is, is because I wanted to put out a resource, I wanted to put out, I felt led to put out a tool or something that you could come back to and actually sink your teeth into for success in the marketplace, all right, specifically in the marketplace as a believer, whether you're a doctor, ditch digger, truck driver, you know, lawyer blue-collar worker, white-collar worker, uh, no-collar worker, whatever it is that you are in the marketplace, we want you to succeed. I'm not a minister. I've never gone to seminary. Uh, I don't have any great theological understanding of things. I believe the Word of God, though. <laughs> and I've seen God's Word work in my life. And believe believe this, that I come at you from a success-minded through the lens of the word of God. And I want to impact your life. That is the whole basis of this podcast. So at this point, as I'm recording this, I have no clue. Yes, no clue what the title of this episode is going to be. I can tell you this though, that this topic or this conversation that I've been, that I've had or been having in my mind and you know in my spirit, man, has been rolling around for the last, I'd say the last uh forty-five days. Actually, I'd go back even further than that. I'd say in the last you know, sixty or seventy days, this has been rolling around ever since Father's Day, let's put it that way. And I'm probably gonna tell a little bit of the story behind it, but guys, just hear me when I say this that oh man. This is, this is going to be kicking over some sacred cows potentially in your life, all right? This episode might make you mad. You might not agree with me, all right? I mean, I know of several people that if they heard this episode, what I'm getting ready to share with you, it, they, they would des- definitely have an argument with me or strongly disagree with what I'm getting ready to tell you. So, like always, I normally do this, and you know me, guys, always start off kind of with a story. All right? So, story time, boys and girls, here we go. Way back in the day, when I was a teenager, I attended the church, First Baptist Church of Snellville, Georgia. And Dr. James Merritt, great man of God, was the preacher at that time. And I started attending that church when I was, I think I was mainly a. Maybe a sophomore, definitely a junior, senior, was whenever I actually started attending that church. And I never will forget Dr. Merritt sharing a story of, and this is maybe when I was about 17 years old, sharing a story about a young man and how he proposed to his wife. Because this young man truly loved the Lord, and he put God first in everything, every decision he made, And, you know, it came time to, you know, he found the woman of his dreams and he said, you know what, I'm going to ask this lady to marry me. But he had this huge thing that he had to figure out how he was going to ask, you know, this, the girl that he was going to marry and be with the rest of his life. He had to, he wanted to ask her a question. And Dr. Mary shared that story. And that question he asked was so penetrating to me that I actually probably golly I got married in um, 2001 yes 2001 so now that was probably back in 1995 that I heard this story maybe 1994 so what? that's uh, six or seven years later that I was gonna actually propose to my wife Amy who you've heard her on the broadcast before and I was going to drop the knee and ask her this question. And this was non-negotiable in my life. There was no getting around this. And I got on my knee the day I proposed to Amy J. Ellis that day. I got on my knee, and my first question, which I had known that I was going to ask this question for about seven years, I asked her, Amy, will you be willing to take second place in my life for the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can imagine, that was a pretty heavy question. Now, granted, Amy kind of knew that question was coming. She, she knew because she knew me. And she did say yes. Yes. And then I followed up with the last question of, well, then will you marry me? And she said, yes. Now, I have to paint a picture for you guys. And this revolves all around success, God's way. Okay. You know, I'm getting ready to have on here a a gentleman that's going to talk about the secret weapon, the unfair competitive advantage that we have. And it's all about the Holy Spirit and how we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But let me paint kind of where i was at i mean it dur- during that time in my life i mean whenever i got you know sold out for jesus whenever i was a teenager i mean i got saved when i was nine and i was fired up for the lord but when i was 16 17 years old you know i had a watershed experience in my life where i it was jesus or nothing basically the the song of my life <laughs> and actually It still is the song of my life, and I'm going to date myself by saying this song. But the song of my life that probably summed up my life was Jesus Freak by DC's Talk. I am a Jesus Freak, period, case closed. I love Jesus, and you guys know that. But at the same time, when I, you know, proposed to Amy I had already been making some major and radical decisions based upon what I felt led of the Lord to do. I mean, I quit football at during my end of my junior year where that I quit at cold turkey because I felt the Lord leading me not to play football. Whenever I had played for, you know, seven or eight years of my, you know, through peewee league and through middle school and even through that high school time. And I was committed. I was, you know, pretty sold out to football. And here I was making this radical shift in my life to never play football again. But it was all because of what God had told me. And here's the thing I was met with some serious opposition because of that decision. Not only just my friends and not my coaches, but even my own parents. Radically, I mean, well, not radically, what am I saying? They interrogated me. Basically, they questioned me about what I was doing. And you can flash forward to me being led of the Holy Spirit during that time to a year later after I made that decision where that I received a track and field scholarship to a division one school to an out-of-state school of Georgia. And that was my hope and dream that was actually what the dream that god had kind of birthed inside of me during that time that i was led out led away from what i'd been accustomed to for so many years and then obviously here i am asking this young lady amy j amy j ellis at the time if she was going to be willing to take second place in my life because every decision i was going to make no matter what it was going to be it was going to be based upon what god wanted well Let's just even give you another story, another for instance of what that meant. And here's the thing, guys. I, I'm not sitting there saying, painting a rosy picture that I, that I got it right every time. But through the major course of my life, I've always just had this mindset of, I'm going to do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. I'm, I, his, his agenda is my agenda. Okay? His agenda is my agenda. And I'm not going to compromise and I'm not going to back down with that. So here's just another quick story. I mean, after Amy and I got engaged, you know, there was a period of time where that, you know, Amy went back to Indiana and Amy was around her family, around her friends. And some things had started changing for Amy. She wasn't the same girl that, you know, that I had proposed to, I mean, she was obviously, you know, kind of stretching her, you know, or expanding her wings or whatever, how you want to call it into a woman that wanted to be a professional that wanted to take her college, you know, uh, degree and actually go into the corporate world. And there was some opportunity down in Atlanta, Georgia, that was a great opportunity for her to have a job that was going to be a very well-paying job, but me, Tyler, that's me, by the way, just did not feel led to do that at all. I had no desire. I, the, the Holy Spirit was not leading me to go back to Georgia after I graduated, even though that my wife and even potentially me, I would have a fantastic job opportunity. Well, with that being said, I came to the point during our engagement where I told Amy that this was because of what the Holy Spirit had led me to do or that I had felt that I wasn't going back to Georgia, that I basically told her one night that, hey, if you go back, if you get the job and you decide to go to Georgia, you won't find me there. And I basically just kind of left it at that. Now you might say that's pretty radical or that's pretty dogmatic tyler for you to be able to say that. Well, it was based upon what I was feeling led of the Holy Spirit to do. And that was just kind of where I was at. Now, thankfully, <laughs> Amy definitely decided that wasn't the direction for her life that she was going to, you know, allow me to lead our family and, you know, become, you know, the um the, the what Proverbs thirty one as submissive wife you know where that you know she sub, submitted under the mission that I had felt the Holy Spirit guiding me towards. Okay, now I I paint I have to I had to lay that foundation so you understand my thought process when I am going getting ready to tell you what you know has recently transpired in my life and how I'm getting ready to kick over a sacred cow, which I feel like is 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 a big secret ca- sacred cow that a lot of American Christians don't want to go out there and kill that sacred cow at all. So let's tell you another story. And this is actually a recent story. This has been what just happened pretty much in the last you know 60 to 90 days. So here I am. I am it's June, this past June, June uh 2015, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely just restless in my spirits. You know, I've, I've kind of turned the corner a little bit, you know, with my business, uh, my marketing business, and I've started to start r- ramping back up my activity and ramping back up things. But, you know, there was just some things inside of me that just weren't settled. There were some things inside of me that I just did not feel like were kosher in my life, so to speak. And I, I, I was wanting some change, and a book came across my life by actually the gentleman that I go to church, and he's my pastor now, which is actually Pastor Jensen Franklin of Free Chapel of Gainesville, Georgia, which Amy and I attend the actual satellite church in Gwinnett County. Now, Pastor Franklin actually has a book out there. There was a, uh, a New York Times bestseller, which is called Fasting. And I had been, I'd grown up in the church, knew everything, I'd thought I'd known everything about fasting, but, you know, quite honestly, I had never really been taught, taught fasting. You know, I knew that you could go on a fast. I knew the purpose of a fast, you know, was to get yourself right. You know, it wasn't to get God right. And basically it was to help you unclog any kind of, you know, unclog your spiritual ears so you could hear from the Lord pretty much. Well, and I knew that. Well, I had really never in my whole entire life gone on a fast. And so I picked this book up kind of mid June and I began reading it. And I just kind of sense in my spirit that this is good. I need this right now. I I need something. I need a breakthrough in my life to happen. And I believe that this uh, having a fast of some sort Is going to lead me to that so little Tyler here that's me I decided to actually go on a fast and I went on a fast right around um, right after Father's Day for about 10 days and it was just a simple Daniel fast where that I didn't really eat any kind of sweets or you know uh, meat or anything like that it was just a simple Daniel fast I drank a lot of water and so forth and I prayed a whole lot but I prayed with expectation that God was going to break through uh, for me and in me what I needed to have broken or not broken, but actually a breakthrough in my life. And really, it was in regards to my you know, marketing business, because, you know, guys, here's the thing. My marketing business really had, you know, it is something that I feel called to do It feels I know it's actually part of my DNA, is part of the thing that I, I feel like that God is gonna call me to do or has called me to do for the rest of my life. But there was just some things that was kind of, you know, mudding the waters, so to speak. And I needed some breakthroughs. So I broke the fast in right around the fourth of July time frame because we went to go visit Amy's family at that time. Well, when after I broke the fast I came back to Georgia And I went to a training session actually on Wednesday night and it was the first training session on Wednesday night that I had to come back to after visiting, you know, Amy's family and, and, you know, the 4th of July and a gentleman that I was actually speaking that night, he started talking about a book that was impacting him and really his marriage and really just his whole entire thought process about, you know, his business and the book's title was called you and me forever marriage in light of eternity and he started kind of talking about the different things that you know the author francis chan was talking about in the book and it was like fireworks were going off inside of me it was like a siren was just ringing inside of my spirit man saying this is exactly what you need to be reading. This is the breakthrough that you need in order to help you get on the other side of where you're at right now. And so I began to read the book. I downloaded it immediately as I was sitting there listening uh, to this gentleman, Jeff, actually talk about the book and how it was just changing his whole entire thought process about his marriage, about his business, about just his whole entire life, and how it was actually healing him up from a lot of things that were going on in his life. And I literally downloaded the book and I started reading it that very night. And I was, I was I couldn't put it down. I was... I literally finally went to sleep that night, immediately got up the next morning, began reading it during my quiet time because it was just, it was, the words were just jumping off the page at me. And the thing that was, one of the things that basically revolutionized me or helped me break through was this right here. In the book, we can put he talks about how that we almost can elevate our marriage almost to the point where it almost trumps or comes before our relationship with our heavenly father or better put, you know, where that our marriage might be more focused on you know, pleasing our spouse, which that's good, but rather our marriages should be just a direct reflection of our relationship and our love for our heavenly father. And I go back to what I started out with you know that I spoke about about you know the the question I asked Amy was would you be willing to take second place in my life for the rest of your life because my first love my cherished possession was my relationship with my heavenly father through the blood of Jesus case closed business is over (laughs) That, that, was, that, was, that was my DNA. That was who I was. And it was this statement. One, I mean, this was one of the statements. This is the reason why I wanted to have this whole entire podcast, just for this one statement right here that was in the book. Okay, This is, one, this is where the ticker cow is getting ready to get kicked over. And this might make you, make you mad. If it does, praise God. Because I could give a rip, you need to get mad, and you need to change, because it made me mad, and I had to change myself. Thank you very much. All right. So here's the statement. It said, he says in the book, he says, this isn't a very popular idea in the American church where we separate our love for God from our service to God. Mmm. <laughs> Oh man, that's so good. When I read that I was like, "Oh, OMG." Man, all right, so let me read this to you again, guys, okay? This isn't a very popular state, popular idea in the American church where we separate our love for God from our service to God. Man, guys, when I when I was reading this book, you know, now granted, I didn't I didn't I didn't agree 100% with everything That Francis Chan, you know, talked about because, you know... I wanted to approach this through the lens of actually, you know, doing business and actually, you know, doing an awesome job actually in the marketplace where you're called to because, you know, I feel like a little bit of this book, you know, is written from a pastor, which is awesome, and it's totally fine. It really impacted me, yet at the same time, you know, it almost makes you feel like that you need to, you know, go sell all your possessions and, you know, go live in a hut and go become a, you know, a missionary out there, which that's... I don't believe that I don't believe that that's, you know, where you're at right now in the marketplace is exactly where God needs you to be and where you're supposed to be and where you're called to be. Now, let me jump back into the statement again. So here I was Tyler 37 years young. I had been in business for 13, you know, coming on 14 years. I'd been married for uh, coming on 15 years and where what where was my mindset at when i had first gotten married my ma- mindset was god was the priority god was in un- numeral uno and i'm this is just kind of where i was at everything else from getting married to you know my you know, job, the job that I was going to be pursuing, to, you know, the house I might buy, to the car I drove, to the, you know, to, to the college I decided to go to, to the athletic, you know, endeavor that I was doing. Everything was a near or a far, I should say, excuse me, let me rephrase that, rephrase that a very distant and far second, I want that to sink into you, Success Edge community, that my relationship with the Lord was top priority during that time in my life. And everything else was a distant, yes, distant second. Now, what happened to me might have happened to you if you're listening to this. And this is just where I was at. If it doesn't happen to you, praise God. You know, you're one fired up Christian, and you're all about the Lord, and I'm happy for you, (laughs) okay? But the deal was for me is that all of a sudden, the quote-unquote cares of the world began to creep up that little ladder and began to get closer and closer to that numeral uno position of God was it in my life. God was all the be all end all in my life because all of a sudden I started having to pay bills, right? All of a sudden I started having to, you know, check in and make sure that my new bride was knowing where I was at and what I was doing. Right. All of a sudden I had these responsibilities from, you know, being in commercial real estate at the time. All of a sudden I had this, you know, desire and drive of becoming financially independent out there. Right. All of a sudden, I had this new home that I had just purchased. I had to make car payments out there. And, you know, all of a sudden, all these things started to add up and started to really a little bit compete with that number one position that I had prior before, you know, whenever I was a single guy. And this is why the, you know, Paul, the apostle said, it's better for you to be single You know, if you can control, you know, your, you know, appetite for sex or whatever, it's better for you to be single. And there's a lot of truth in that. But when you become married and you start, you know, having, you know, the the things of life, those things can easily creep in on you. And, you know, let's just go ahead and call it for what it is, guys. The the actual children that you have can also creep in and become that thing that is the be-all, end-all in your life. And I can tell you from firsthand experience that that happened to me a little bit. And you know what? I see it all day long, and I could probably point out five, six, maybe ten people, maybe more than that, actually, where that their kids are their be-all, end-all. Now they might tell you in lip service that man they love the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart, mind, body, and soul, and everything else. But you know what? Man, if you looked at their calendar, yeah, you look at their calendar and their checkbook, you would tell real quick where their priorities led because it all would all revolve around their children. See, here you go. <laughs> there goes that cow. <laughs> because you know why? Here's the thing, though, is that the reason why I say this is because, you know, from a, let's go back to that statement that I read from the book, and, and guys, let me, let me also kind of caution this. You know, I'm, I'm not sitting there saying, you know, for you to go cold turkey and drop everything and forget your family. That's not the message I'm, you know, co- conveying here. But what I am conveying is, where is that love That you had that red hot Jesus freak love that you had when you were single and you couldn't get enough of your Lord and Savior. You wanted to be with Him 24 7, 365, all day long, every minute of the day. You thought about Him, you prayed to Him, you talked to Him all the time. And here you are now, you might not have, you can't even remember the last time you had a conversation with Him. Right. You know, the, the majority of the time that you ever talk to him, it's not about how much you love him or how much. But it's all it's more about praying, you know, Lord, help me pay this bill or Lord, help me, you know, with my kids or my kids don't go crazy or Lord, you know, help me do this. Whatever. It's always just begging stuff. It's not even really the seeking, the, the passionate desire that you should have for the awesome heavenly father that you that you desire. And guys, I'm talking about success here. This is success God's way, okay? I mean, I'm just coming straight at you, you know, shooting from the hip. I mean, I'm really don't. I'm kind of going past my notes now that I've had, but this is this is real. And if you go back to the statement of that, this is not a very popular idea in the American church, where we separate our love for God from our service to God. Because I can tell you straight up that I've heard many a messages. Many of people sit there and bash or, you know, try to tear down the, the business or the, the actual, you know, uh, pursuit of, you know, maybe something in your life that you feel passionate about, like a business or, you know, a job, you know, opportunity or whatever it is. Okay. Now follow me on this, that you have out there in the marketplace. Okay. Okay. And you sit there and you feel guilty because you're taking time away from potentially your family. All right. And you might not be spending, you might be missing junior's ball game, or you might be missing that dance recital that you have because you might be trying, you know, to put together or you might be serving some client or some customer of yours out there. Right. You probably feel guilty about that. I know I have. I know that I felt guilty. I know that that kind of condemnation has come across my brain. Maybe yours. I don't know. But let me let me just kind of break this down to you guys that, you know what, that business, that, you know, job that you might be pursuing, that career that you might be on the path to, you know, if you have laid that down at the altar of the almighty God and you, you know, you have, you know tendered that thing to the feet of Jesus and say, you know what, Lord? I feel that you've called me into business. I feel that you've called me into this profession to go and impact people's lives for your kingdom. And I'm doing that, Lord. But this gnawing thing in the back of my head about, you know, I'm taking time away from my family or I'm taking time away from my spouse or, I'm you know, I've got this thing going on and I I just feel like I'm, 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 you know not giving enough time cuz you know i hear my pastor or i hear you know these people on you know on the radio or whatever saying you know you need to be you know spending time with your family and if you're spending more hours at the office and everything like that and you know sacrificing your family over the altar of your work shame on you you heathen you you hellion and everything like that and you know what i got to tell you something you know mr success edge person let me tell you something don't feel guilty anymore if you feel called if you feel inspired that you know that that's what God has called you to do, have some faith, have some belief that God is going to take care of it. I love the statement that he makes actually up here in, in the, in this book right here says following Jesus means that we put aside our personal desires and trust that the end result will be better. That And I'm going to keep reading to this because that's what Jesus meant when he said, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Good parenting means showing your children that the mission is bigger than any part of us. Let me read that one more time. That is so powerful. Good parenting means showing your children that the mission is bigger than any of us. Part of our mission is to develop a loving family that exemplifies relationships as they were meant to be. But the only part involves putting family aside for the greater mission and the call. Now, here's the thing. You've got to have some faith that as you're out there pursuing your calling in the business world, In the job market that's out there, and you feel that this is what you're impacting people's lives, and you're, you know, and let me say, I got to say this here, you know, your job. I mean, I I keep going back to Chris Patton, which I'm going to have Chris back on the show. I just have to have him back on. There's just no doubt I've got to have him back on. But here's the thing here's a man that, I mean, if you, if you, looked at his business, his business is a filter for making disciples of Jesus. I mean, every aspect, whenever I interviewed him, it was all about, he's got a Bible sitting in, um, you know, the glove compartment. Whenever someone buys a new car, he's got a chaplain that comes around that ministers to different, you know, salespeople and so forth like that. He's got the chaplain that comes in and actually ministers you know, at lunch on Thursday, you know, where they, they feed everybody and bring in and the minister, you know, the chaplain comes and does stuff like, here's the thing, you know, that is filtering this, you know, business through the lens of making disciples of all nations. And Success edge community, you have got to get your brain screwed on right. My brain wasn't screwed on right because I let all these things kind of get up in the way of this whole thing of what God, you know my love for the Lord. But you know what? The second thing, and you guys have heard me talk about this so many times on the show is that God gave Adam three things. He gave him a the fellowship, right? And then he gave him an assignment. And then he gave him a provision, but you know what The assignment was to obviously go out and prosper, go out and you know you know move the needle, so to speak, for the kingdom of god, and that 's what you 're doing in business that 's what you 're doing in your job No, no one else is going to be able to reach that coworker like you can. the church sure isn 't going to do it. You are called and are put in that place today. Because God has orchestrated your steps and you should stop feeling guilty because if you're trying to be successful in your job, and yes, it might be taking time away from your family. Now, granted, you know, don't don't jump over in the ditch, okay? And sit there and go, well, I'm going to just, you know, stay here in extra hours, you know, just in the name of, you know, because I need to make a fast buck or whatever. No, 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 no. You know, you should be, if you got to stay extra hours, it should be in the name of, you know what, I'm doing my very, very best to put this thing together. This deal together, this opportunity together, this, you know, uh, you know, blog or whatever, or this book or whatever it is that you're putting together, you're doing your very best. And you know what? You might sacrifice a little bit of time away from your family and you might have to, you know, say, no, I can't be there at your, you know, ball game junior, or you might not be able to be the little dance recital that you, you know, know, you, know, you might want to be at. But you know what? Your kids don't need to see that. You know what your kids need to know? Your kids need to know that you're pursuing and you're doing exactly what God has called you to do. And you know what? You need to have your spouse on board with that same message as well. That is bigger than your kids. That God's calling is bigger than your kids. I mean, guys, here, let's just face the facts. And, you know, man, I'm fired up, guys. (laughs) Let's just face the music. You know, Jesus says right here that you know when he asked somebody to come follow me and he says the then the person said but he said lord let me go back first and bury my father and jesus said to him leave the dead to bury their the their own dead but any any of you go and proclaim the kingdom of god yet another one said i will follow you lord but let me first go back and say farewell to those of my home Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's in Luke thirty, um, Luke chapter 9, verse, I think, 60, or 62, somewhere in there. That's a pretty tall order. That, that's calling you out. I mean, it, it, Jesus even goes on to sit there and say that you're supposed to love the Lord with, before you're... It even says you're supposed to hate your family members. You're supposed to hate your children. You're supposed to hate your spouse. I mean, it says in the word, I mean, I'm not just making this stuff up. I couldn't, (laughs) but here's the thing. If you love the Lord and you do his calling, you do what God is calling you to do. And now stop feeling guilty about it. Have some faith that God's going to take care of all those other things out there. Right. You know, I'm reminded of, uh, just this is just the couple that I'm reminded of. I'm reminded of a couple that I've grown to love and respect, you know, for many, many years. Uh, I'm actually thinking of two couples right now. One is actually Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, and Kenneth and Gloria Copeland for the last almost, uh, I think, close to f- what f- 40 plus years now. They have been, you know, in ministry, you know, pursuing and doing what God called them to do. Now, here's what here's what I can tell you is that. Guess what? Their kids, you know, probably might have missed some time with their dad ever now, you know, probably a lot because Kenneth Wright was on the road doing some things. But you know what? If you look at their family today, it is amazing. Yeah, it's not perfect, but you know what? Every single one of those kids and grandkids, I remember I heard Dr. Merritt say this, if you want to see how you did with your children, look at your grandchildren. And Guess what? Every single one of Kenneth and Gloria Coppola's grandchildren are serving the Lord in some capacity. Pursuing a ministry. <laughs> so you can see the fruit of the tree and the tree, the fruit doesn't lie about the tree. Hello. And I'm thinking of another, you know, classic example. You know, some actually business leaders that, I, that I've known for many, many years, and that's Larry and Pam. Larry and Pam winners. And here's the thing about Larry and Pam. They they had a business, and their business, they decided that their business was what they were called to do, and they went out and pursued it. And, yeah, you know what? I guarantee you, Larry probably missed a lot of things that his three children had. But guess what? Look at the result. Their kids are in business with them. Their kids are actually sound and stable children. You know? I mean, I just got challenged Actually, just uh, this past week from a very close friend of mine. And it was basically uh, I got challenged on the fact that, you know, here I was, you know, you're sacrificing your family on the altar of your business or your work, Tyler. That's what you're doing, you know. And I had to very nicely with people skills remind them that that was not the case at all that I was doing what God had called me to do. So guys, when I read that book, when I read this book, you know, you and me forever uh, marriage in light of eternity, it really radically changed me. It actually gave me that breakthrough and for me to stop feeling guilty and for me to actually have some faith that, yeah, you know what, if I'm out there pursuing, you know, my, you know, business, my endeavor that I feel called It's huge. You've got to feel, you know, this is, this can't be just something you, you know, think of that you want to make a lot of money in, but you know, this is your business. Your thing needs to be something you feel, you know, just deep down inside you that it you can't, you, 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 you've got to do it for the Lord. This is what God's called you to do. And with that, you know, being said that I got freed up, I got free. I quit quit sitting there, you know, being all, you know, wishy-washy, double-minded, because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I became undouble-minded. I became single-minded, where that, hey, God's my love, and my service to him is priority. Case closed, done. My love for him and my service to him are one and the same. My love for him and my service to him are one and the same. And he's called me to go and impact the world for Christ. And you know what? Yeah, I might miss you know some things you know, with my children every now and then. But you know what? My children are not going to be able to say, you know what? My mom and dad, man, they were great parents and everything like that. But, you know, they didn't do anything. You know, they didn't, you know, do what God had called them to do they you know you know tyler and amy you know i want my children to sit there and look back and say man mom and dad love the lord and man they went after their god-given dream that had been planted inside of their heart and they went after it with a passion right and i want to do the same thing i don't want you know i don't want it to be i mean i want my life to be on fire Rather than just be a little, you know, smoldering thing where the fire has gone out and all I'm doing is just sitting there, just smoldering. Man, guys. Wow. I, Success Hatch Community, I love you guys. I know I probably got a little passion. I know this has probably been one of the longest episodes I've done, but this is just where I've been at. This has been, you know, just kind of a breakthrough that I've had has happened in my life. And, you know, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at success as community. If this, you know, impacted you, if this, you know, affected you, but you know, get back to your first love and don't separate, you know, that love and that service to the one you love. Don't think that those are mutually exclusive. They're not, they're all inclusive because here's the thing if you do what god has called you to do and you listen to the holy spirit which is the you know unfair competitive advantage that we all have i can promise you this everything will be all right you can have the faith knowing that your family that god's going to take care of everything that your spouse is going to still love you because guess what if you love the lord with all your heart you, you can't help but love other people. You can't help but love those people. So. So as a community. This is episode 92. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. If uh, if this definitely impacted you, you know, uh, send me an email. Send me an email at uh, Tyler at TheSuccessEdge.biz. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, about this episode. And, you know, I'll put the links uh, to actually these books um, actually in the show notes here just so you can actually reference them. Uh, Those two books are references, uh, Fasting by uh, Jensen Franklin and uh, You and Me Forever, uh, Marriage and Light of Eternity by uh, Francis and Lisa Chan, um, which are just uh, two powerful books that really radically helped me. So, Success so Edge community, appreciate you guys, love you guys, and we'll catch you on the other side. If you feel inspired to take your God-given skills to the next level, download our free report called The Five Tools That Every Marketplace Christian Needs to Crush It in Their Career. God loves when we use the abilities he's blessed us with to do amazing work in the marketplace. So download your report by visiting the successedge.biz tools right now. And we'll see you on the next episode of The Success Edge.